take the music down. This is this is important. This is serious. Turn the music up. <laughs> no, I I, I I understand. Me taking down a, a few chicken sandwiches and hot mm-hmm. dogs and bowls of chili every once in a while. Take down other things I, too. I, I feel pretty pretty comfortable that I'm still alive. Three, I, I don't four think martinis that I, the, every night. <laughs> the actuary tables. <laughs> the actuary tables don't have me dead at my age. That's that's not how it goes. I'm, I I Chris, you and I have a lot of similarities, but I don't know. I, I th- that both of us are still alive. I don't think is an upset. And Chris doesn't let you know it's his birthday. Chris has a birthday. He has a birthday week. Mm-hmm. He has a birthday month. Sure. He has a birthday weekend. Yep. He has multiple birthday celebrations. Oh, he's one of those, huh? Yeah, he's, he's, yep. got a, he's got a lot of birthday events going on. Uh, yeah, just getting some people uh, together for my birthday. Awesome, awesome. When's your birthday? Uh, January 9th. <laughs> You're doing it this weekend? Pre-birthday. Yeah, yeah, because it's you know it's under two months now. Half birthday, <laughs> you gotta put that in there too. Yeah, half birthday. So my wife is a half birthday person. What do you mean? Like when six months away from your birthday, yeah. she'll have a little little not like a party, but she will she will go out of her way. Does to she mention, say her age with a half? It's your, well, it's, it's more <laughs> no for the kids. kids. Like say, she doesn't hit I'm me six with a half, half birthday. Yeah, yeah, I'm forty-seven I'm and, and a half quarters. today. Yeah, no, but yeah, she's a half birthday person. Uh, She'll funny. send you a quick little text, just you know, with the little hat and the confetti and the thing that pops onto your phone. She's very festive. See, very that's festive. genuine. That's very wholesome. Yes. And that's what we like on the I'm show. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's uh, that. That's a good deal along the way. All right, so we talked about the Raiders a second, or excuse me, the Rams a second ago. Um, this is this is a problem, Al. Uh, I know there are a ton of Raider fans here in L.A. The Raiders are in a really weird spot. And it's not going to get better anytime soon because they don't have any leadership to speak of. They have an owner that is, shall we say, unique. Okay. Okay. I think we'll just kind of leave that at that. I like uh, that word. Yeah. He's he, he's he's not like the other owners. Uh, you've got a general manager that was only there because he would say, yeah, John, that sounds good to me too. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Mike Mayock. You've got a head coach, or you used to have a head coach, that was in control of everything in the building, and this is the position that he's left them in. Amari Cooper is in Dallas and playing well. Khalil Mack is in Chicago and playing well. And you know what he's done with the draft picks that he got from those guys? Mm -hmm. This is stunning today, and and the reason that this is a topic is because Damon Arnett, who was selected 19th overall in the 2020 draft, the Raiders cut him. There were some disturbing videos online that he was a part of. And the he Raiders threatened said, somebody. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. they said, no, we're not doing that. The other first-round pick they had this year in the 2020 draft, and again, this is the 2020 draft. This isn't from, like, 2012. This is the 2020 draft. Henry Ruggs. We don't need to go any further than that. They had three picks in the third round that year. This is something the Rams have been extraordinarily good at. The Rams not only find players that play, find good players. Cooper Cup was picked in the third round. John Johnson uh, the third was a third-round pick of theirs that was a starter for them for multiple seasons before getting a deal somewhere else. They drafted Lynn Bowden in the third round. You know how many snaps he played for the Raiders, Al? No. Zero. Okay. They drafted Brian Edwards. He's played 20 games for the Raiders. Do you know how many passes he's caught in 20 games? No. 29. Hmm. No touchdowns. Do you know how many uh, – Tanner Muse was another third-round pick in that same draft. Three third-round picks. Zero snaps. The fourth round, they had two guys. They got their one decent player, John Simpson, who's their starting guard. Okay. He's ranked 60th out of 76 guards in the NFL. So while he's a starter, he's near the bottom as far as guys are graded out on pro football focus. They took Amick Robertson as a cornerback. He's played half of the team's snaps, and he's recorded zero interceptions. You can't do this. You took two all-pro players and turned them into a bunch of nothing. 
And this isn't even talking about the other drafts that they've had where they've botched, where they've overreached for guys. That while the Raiders' record may look good, the, the Raider future, Al, is nowhere right now. And it's a bummer because how much fun was it when it felt like they were kind of creeping towards some legitimacy? But is that, you know, is it surprising to you? Is it shocking? Like, I, I say that because there's certain franchises I think we give the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's a good example. The Dodgers, when they go out and pick up somebody, it's, wait a minute here. What did we miss? Do they know something that we don't? Like Jerry West. Do, does, 100%, that's a perfect example as well. But there's certain franchises that have a history of you give them the benefit of the doubt, and then there's other franchises that don't get that benefit of the doubt. And I think Raiders fall into that category, which, by the way, is very common in sports. You have certain franchises. It starts at the top, goes all the way down to the bottom. Um, that have a history of making good decisions and a history of making poor decisions. And one way to reflect that is the picks that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Another way to reflect it is eight and eight last year, seven and nine the year before that, four and twelve, six and ten. You had a twelve and four, but the twelve and four is an outlier of what you're accustomed to doing. Go go before the twelve and four, seven and nine, three and thirteen, four twelve, four twelve, eight and eight, eight and that's you know this is who you are as a franchise and you might occasionally get a year like they're sitting right now at five and three with a good chance to win that division but they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt because of you know who that franchise is over the years and key said on his show this morning that there's only one person to blame for this entire mess when you are evaluating them and scouting them and you're doing your R&D, your due diligence and whatever, you're going out there and trying to poke and find things. It's going to always be a concern. I don't give a damn if you're Peyton Manning or no Keyshawn Johnson. It's going to be a concern about something. But when you say significant, that's already enough to say, you know what, never mind, it's not worth it. On top of that, you reached for Arnett to begin with. You took him at the 19th slot. He shouldn't have gone there to start with. It's just John Gruden did them a disservice when he made the decision to move on for Reggie McKenzie as general manager and inserted Mike Mayock into that role. Now, whether Mayock was signing off on it at the end of the day or whatever the case may be, he's got the title of general manager. When you got rid of a proven guy who, by the way, played in the league and won a Super Bowl in the league and was doing a pretty good job at building the Raiders with Jack Del Rio and brought in a non-experienced guy who shouldn't have had the job in the first place based on what? Draft analysis doing the draft that he, I don't understand it. This is the exact opposite of the Rams, right? They're take, what do the Rams do, Al? They so take, who is Keyshawn blaming it on? John Gruden. For, you for know who it, Keyshawn should be blaming it on? Mark Davis. Uh, He's different than the other owners. I don't. I don't know how else to say it. I, Mark Davis. I don't know is involved but, but, but in you, a way that's meaningful. But, other but than, you see what I'm saying is, in remember you were talking about how did John Gruden, how did he justify a ten year it's unjustifiable. contract? But that's my point. Yeah. Is it you got it? You can't forget where it starts. It, it starts there. You, you, you're right. Mm -hmm. you, you're you're a hundred percent right that ultimately this lands on Mark Davis, but. John Gruden was the one that did all of these other things. They've reached for all of these other guys, and there's just there's no fruit on this tree. Go go back to the, the Rams for a second. Mm -hmm. What did the Rams just do a couple of weeks? They traded for a star player, right? The Raiders dump their star players. The Rams take those late-round draft picks and find starting players in the third round, the fourth round, and beyond. The Raiders have all these high-round draft picks, the guys that don't even play for the team, guys that can't even stay in the league. Mm. You've got one, this Damon Arnett is what Key was talking about. This was that he's where he is right now, out of football. Maybe he'll get a second chance. Time will tell. Sure. Um, this is not a surprise that he kind of came off the rails. This was a guy that had trouble at Ohio State, and it was a huge reach to pick him there. It was a huge reach to pick Cleveland Flair. If you 
you're going to go huge reach, you better hit some of these or you better at least backstop them in the third, fourth, fifth rounds with other starting players. They're missing across the board. They miss in the draft. They miss high in the draft. They miss low in the draft. They miss with their star players that they're giving away for nothing. This is another example of why if you're a Rams fan, you should feel pretty good about what they're doing. Sometimes there are, you know, I I don't know. We we talked about this a little bit earlier. Doesn't it seem like, let me use corporations as an example. You said this. You said, doesn't it seem like in and out just always. They get it. Just get it right. They're very similar in sports, right? Who's your CEO? Who's running the place? There's, you know, people try to say, oh, man, they got lucky. Listen, luck is a very, very small piece of the pie. Consistently, at the end of the day, you are going to be judged on uh, the decisions that you make. And if those decisions are, in this case, from a sports perspective, leading you in the right direction for not just winning your division, a chance to compete. I I don't know. It's just not a surprise to me because – We're talking about the Raiders. We're not talking about Pittsburgh. We're not talking about the Patriots. We're not talking about the Baltimore Ravens. There's certain franchises that just have had a – I I go back to this because I think it's the best way to describe it. Certain franchises get the benefit of the the doubt and others don't. And the Rams do. They, the, the, Rams the, way, do. the way that they've operated under Sean McVay 100%, I has been yep. 100% one of those other teams. Now, what they haven't done, what the Packers have done, what the, the Steelers did, what the Patriots did sure. over yeah. is get the Lombardi trophy. You win it all. They still, have to, they still have to check that box along the way. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Can I, can I do a mea culpa? Can I admit when I'm wrong? Because I was. Lamelo Ball was a ton of fun to watch play last yeah. night. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm not. I just the the whole Ball family thing just doesn't sit right with it's me. Funny, I we're just opposite. Like we're it. so opposite on this one. Yeah, I just, I just, it just doesn't work for me on any level. Watching him last night, I found myself sitting in my living room going, "Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a pretty good shot. Wow, that was a pretty good look. He he's really, really, really good. And when we were talking about, would you rather have this guy or that guy? LaMelo is going to be very, very high off the board. If we're doing a mock draft of all the young players available, he's going really early in that thing. He's okay. awesome. Let me let me say something about the Ball brothers, the brand, the family. Of course, LeVar Ball, you can't have a conversation without bringing up LeVar Ball, who, by the way, was on with Sedano and Cap yesterday. They're kind of having this conversation about the game and everything else. And he's always going to say things to say things, but um, if you talk just – basketball with him if you listen to him when he's talking basketball the dude knows what he's talking about his boys that he has two guys sitting in the NBA right now and one in the G League you know I'm a fan of Lonzo Ball's game and let me kind of explain why I like Lonzo's game Lonzo never came into the league as if I'm going to take 25 shots a game I don't care if you like it or not he plays the right way so for me as a fan of the game I like when players play the right way. Now, that doesn't mean his game is perfect because we know it's not. But Lonzo plays defense. He grabs rebounds. He tries to get other people the ball. He facilitates. Those are not common traits in the NBA. A lot of guys like getting their own. Mm -hmm. So I was always a fan of Lonzo. Now, you got to have the right players around him. Then LaMelo comes in the league. Got to be honest with you, Trav. I, I, I did not know how good LaMelo is. Maybe it helped LaMelo because he also played international ball. It sounds like it did help him. His game kind of, you know, it, there's, a, um, there's an aspect of your game when you're not playing at the college level or you're not playing in the States. They play different ways sure. ar- across the world. I think that's benefited him. Michael, in pregame yesterday, do you know, do you want to know the names he's throwing around talking about the way he passes LaMelo. the ball, LaMelo? Yeah. He's throwing Magic Johnson out there. 
He's throwing LeBron James out there. He's throwing some of the game's best passers. I'm like, Michael, not careful here. I'm more like interested because yeah. you're you're putting LaMelo Ball in the same conversation as Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson when right. it comes to passing. He's explaining. He's like, have you seen when he throws this type of pass? It's like a bowling ball, and he's got some English he's on got it. some spin, yeah. He does things that are so unique. So He's then, really good. So th- this is the question that I asked him. Um, and I told him to wait, not answer it, because him and I got a chance to see John Morant up up close game three of the season. John Morant was unbelievable. And I said, if you're starting a franchise today, would you rather have John Morant or LaMelo Ball? And then we both stopped and said, let's wait till pregame against Miami. We could see what LaMelo does. So now we have you yeah. know an example of both. LaMelo was amazing yesterday. He was great. Amazing yesterday. He plays the game the right way. He, he wants to pass the ball. You know what else it is, too? And this is kind of subjective. It's hard to quantify. He's really fun to watch. He's just a fun – I'm not going to compare him to Magic like Michael. Michael knows what he's talking about, obviously. But Magic played with an incredible amount of joy. And I think sometimes people get confused that just because you're having a good time means that you're not competitive. That's not true. No one in the history of the world's more competitive than Magic Johnson. Yep. But there's a sense of joy. It's actually even fun. more competitive when you want to rip somebody's heart out yeah, with a with smile. With a smile, right? For sure. It's and like, that's how the? Magic did. It. And it just looks like Lamelo's having fun when he's playing. It's a he is a very fun player but, but to watch. I I just go back to this: if they weren't playing the right way, if the Ball brothers were not playing the right way then I'd probably have just a different opinion on it. But they play basketball the right way. It's Gordon Hayward's open. I'm getting him the ball. Um, uh, Terry Rozier's open. I'm finding him. And I think that's obviously the beauty with what we got a chance to see yesterday from LaMelo. All right, we got a lot of phone calls. Most of them want to talk chicken sandwiches, Al. we got a little Laker talk that we'll get into as well. And there's one very important ingredient we haven't even talked about when it comes to the best part of the chicken sandwich. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I agree. It should be on a T-shirt. You know what we haven't talked about? It's National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day is yep. why we're talking as, as much chicken sandwich talk as we are today. We've talked about the sauce. We've talked about the heat level. We've talked about having the toppings, uh, pickles. Actually, you and I are on the same. It's very, very important to that sandwich. A little bit of slaw. Um, you know, Emily likes the the uh, Chick-fil-A sauce on hers. There's there's a lot of different elements to this. But I've never heard you two argue the way you guys did. <laughs> well, we're, we're Go back on the it. podcast. Like, look, Go I, back on the podcast. There was a half hour straight I, where Funches and I did not get a chance to talk. I am thrilled that she decided to dig her heels in on that because that's what you're supposed to do. Podcast is already up to. <laughs> you're podcast supposed to do up. that. Yeah. You're supposed. This yeah. is what I like, and what you like is not as good as what I like. I, I respect it a great deal. Um, we haven't talked bun yet. Because it's important. If you get just kind of like a hamburger bun, it's going to get way too soggy. It's going to fall apart, and it's not going to work at all. What you need is kind of that brioche one that gets a little toasted mm. and just enough crisp mm. to where it can stand up. Because the, if the fried chicken's done right, it's going to be juicy. There's a little sauce. There might be a little slaw in there. It's, it's going to test the integrity of the roll. So we got to make sure that that roll is able to stand up to the sandwich. 
Okay, so Chick-fil-A just does a toasted buttered bun. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not bad, but sometimes it gets a little mushy. It gets a little do bit we, soft. Do we go poppy seed or no poppy I'm, seed? I'm, either way, dealer's choice. I'm, 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 good with I'm very anti-poppy seed personally. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I, I don't pop, have to have poppy it. seed. Yeah, I'm okay. Poppy seed, sesame seed. You want to give me that seeded bun? You want to give me a Kaiser roll? You want to give me some brioche? I'm okay with all brioche of these. Is it's got to be buttered though. Yeah. Personally, it's got to be toasted. buttered and toasted. So buttered it's got toasted. a little bit of a uh, little bit of formation along the way. This is important. Monrovia and Phil. Phil, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's going on, Phil? Hey, what's up, guys? First off, Alan, happy birthday, man. I know you were tearing it up at Nobu with the wallet. Oh, just, it was <laughs> ugly, bro, if you were only there. But thank you, man. Thank you for calling. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, quick quick things, guys. One, why don't you have a cooking show? I think it writes itself. Thank I you. mean, it needs to happen. Uh, two, uh, we've had a lot of people out there with restaurants. How come somebody, nobody's created something with a little bit of heat called a uh, Rogers Raging Chicken Sandwich with oh, a side of sleep slaw? That's cool. <laughs> is the best last, thing. But not, last but not least, guys, shout out to Bill's Chicken in Pasadena. Dunks your chicken with thick mm. pieces of white bread. Excellent. That sounds right. fantastic. Thank you, Phil. Thank Appreciate you, Phil. it, man. First of all, Phil is a marketing guy. I don't know what he does for a living, but in his soul, he's yeah. a marketing person yeah. because he just came up with two great ideas. And as far as a cooking show goes, what do you got going like Saturday mornings? Just want to come in here and knock out four or five hours of cooking every day? You would definitely be the head chef. Um, you'd be like, hey, this slice up some potatoes over there or something. Okay. I don't know about a cooking show, but like a diner, dives, and you oh. know whatever show. Like you guys no, just go I around I, the city. I, he is a... I, he enjoys the cooking part. I do. I enjoy the eating part. I know you I, I greatly like enjoy too. the cooking part <laughs> yeah. or the eating part. I think the uh, yeah, there's a little combination there. We should. Well, why, why don't we do this? Why don't we? Especially by the time our show ends at one, I don't know. Once a month, go try a different local place. People give their suggestions, and we just go grab some lunch there. Give them some love, promote it, and local businesses, and go from there. It's the best idea I've heard you have. Is this is the best idea because it involves all the things that Once I like. We can sit around, we can yeah. BS, we can eat a little whatever it is. We could have ramen one day. We could have a fried chicken sandwich another day. We could just go do a million different things. There's really no bad ideas in this at all um we were talking a little bit about Lamelo, and he was great last night but i think that what we haven't mentioned is that the lakers won last night and it was just one of those i know that that's not the brooklyn nets or the golden state warriors but a little it, relief we, we, we won the game let's yeah. just let's yeah. just enjoy the fact that it had to go to overtime that shot at the end of regulation i still can't quite wrap my head around but they won the game and that's good news all right today's uh, stat hero of the day by the way is carmelo anthony so we'll go back to yesterday's game carmelo 29 points off the bench, which ties his most uh, points coming off the bench in his career. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat Hero, the first ever Daily Fantasy sports book. Gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for a 100% deposit match. Uh, we appreciate their partnership, and we appreciate all those who are downloading the app. We're getting some uh, great feedback on that. Uh, so real quick on Carmelo, mm-hmm. let's stay on that for a quick second. He was awesome. So there was a point during the game. Um, first of all, this just happens. He checks in. He just goes to the scores table, and Laker fans just are Al, they're, they're ready to go. So amazing, and it's it's great. It's and they're ready super to go. Fun. They yep. love him. He's okay. been here for five minutes, and they love him. Then there's a point in the game where the crowd's chanting "Melo, Melo." And in my head, I'm like, uh, which one? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's how, that's how Maybe good, a little bit of both. That's right? how good LaBella We was. love you, Carmelo. Yep. And hey, love Respect. Mello. Why don't you come on over here when you get a chance? Respect to LaMelo. No, but but the Carmelo chance, and you know, I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, and I, I want to go back to this. 
yes, the Lakers got that win against the Charlotte Hornets. And I got to be honest with you, 11 games in, I'm kind of at a point where I don't care how they win, just win a game. Because right now it's more important to – I think they still got so much to figure out. LeBron's already missed five of 11 games, and we don't know when he's going to come back. Tailhorn Tucker is cleared for contact practice today. Good. So, you know, maybe that comes sooner than later. You need every win you can get because each game that you play is not a guaranteed or a lock. It's not. When I say it's a coin flip, let me give you an example. Tomorrow against Miami, I don't expect the Lakers to beat the Heat tomorrow. I just don't. Um, on Friday when they play the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's a little bit of a coin flip. Minnesota can have a good game Think and win the game. What you're saying right there. But it's the truth. I know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying consider what, that the Lakers with Anthony Davis and, and Russell, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook and Carmelo, and Carmelo Anthony, Anthony doing what he's doing are a toss up against the Minnesota. I, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt right now because they haven't given me a reason to do it. But going back to last night, it's one thing to drop 29. But it's how Carm. It's the timing of when those buckets are going in for Carmelo. Mm-hmm. It's momentum swingers when they're going in. You know, if I told you go look at Anthony Davis's stat line from last night, the stat line is a monster. It sure is. And defensively, he had five blocks and three steals. Just just to give the people the numbers, mm-hmm. thirty-two points on thirteen of twenty-five shooting. He made six of his eight free throws. He had twelve rebounds, four assists, three steals, five blocks. How about Russell Westbrook? Read Russell Westbrook's stat Russell line. Westbrook had 17 points in 41 minutes on 5 of 15 shooting. Mm-hmm. He did make 7 of his 10 free throws, 14 uh, assists, 12 boards, 3 steals, 7 turnovers. Okay. The reason why I say read off those stat lines, Carmelo's buckets are clutch. They're big. They're the difference of winning the game and losing the game. And there, I think there are many times during that game yesterday, I didn't feel Russ's stat line. I didn't feel Anthony Davis's stat line. You talked about the last possession of the game. Oof. Lakers have the ball, 23 seconds left. This is after Miles Bridges hits a three on a break from LaMelo. Mm-hmm. 23 seconds left. Lakers are going to take the final shot. It was ISO ball. It was Carmelo never touched the ball. It was Anthony Davis 24 feet away from the basket. Um, so I, 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 I say all this because Carmelo has been so clutch for the Lakers in big-time moments. Lakers got a long way to go, but I'll take the freaking W and go from there. Travis Lee's brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. You correct me. I'm going by memory here. Al. Yep. Was it the first OKC game where Russ took that three as time was expiring, and we're like, and people were like, "What's he doing shooting that three? And your point is, look, they they didn't have a timeout. They didn't have time to set something out. Carmelo was doubled. There was no way to get him the ball. Oh, okay, you sold me on that. One. Okay, but can, no, can, can, I, can I say night. this? That was actually the second three. Or right. that was the second game because in the first was, oh, one in OKC, Russ took a three you're right. with 25 you're right. seconds left. You're right. That was a bad shot. Then they yeah. called a timeout. Malik Monk took an isolation three at the top of the key. Um, execution towards the end here. And I, I look at it That's partially at Anthony yesterday. Davis. The other part, I'm like, Coach, That's not everybody else, can we get a better shot in, in regulation? They had they had time, and they got a weird contested three from Anthony Davis as time was running out. And an air and, ball. And, and, an air, and why is Anthony Davis not on the block in that situation? Why does he not have the ball down there and just crushing somebody? Why does the guy that's had the hot hand all night in Anthony Davis Post up Carmelo. or Carmelo Anthony Post up Carmelo. go get that bucket? Mm-hmm. That was uh, very, very strange. This day in sports history, a big one. You're all going to remember this. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. With the safe return of live events, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. That's right. Every alley-oop, every one-timer, every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets how good is that all you have to do is collect stamps redeem and repeat it's that easy from upper upper level to the court side vivid seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you so grab your tickets today cheer on your favorite team from the stands visit vividseats.com or download the app today vivid seats life happens live 1996 what were you doing with your life in 1996 al um scambling a lot in vegas <laughs> You're getting getting squared away. I scan after it. You know yeah. what I mean? Were you were you in high school in 1996? 96 was I think I was eighth grade. Oh, you weren't even in high school yet. No, okay, I, think I started in 97. Making me feel older by the minute. This is not good. Yeah. This is not good at all. Um, this date, 1996, mm-hmm. November 9th, 1996, Evander Holyfield knocked out Mike Tyson yeah, I was for the there. first time. Um, not not see people get this confused. This was not when he bit his ear off. That was the second time they fought. This was when Mike Tyson was still Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson had not started the, hey, what the heck's going on with Mike? Well, let me rephrase that because that had started. But he was still thought of as the baddest man on the planet, right? He had been the heavyweight champion of the world for a long time. He got beat by Buster Douglas. Everybody kind of chalks it up to, eh, that was just, you know, it happens to everybody. Bad fight, bad night, whatever. Um, Mike goes away for a while. Mike comes back, and he starts whacking out these Guys that were not high level, Peter sure, McNeely, sure. kind of Frank building everything Bruno, back up. Yep, Bruce Selden. There was just this this cavalcade of guys. Uh, I think it was Bruce Selden, and if it wasn't Bruce Selden, it was Frank Bruno. I forget exactly who it was, but you know how they do the parade from where they come into the ring and the hype and the music's going and the lights and they got the robe on and they're making their way and the music and everybody's excited and they give you the mean mug that whole thing. I think it was Selden was doing the thing where he kept making the sign of the cross on himself like 20 times as he's making his way to the ring like dude you're not going to an execution this is a boxing match like you're gonna you're gonna get out of this okay uh and he he was down in eight seconds evander holyfield leading up to this fight had recently fought riddick bow and had not looked particularly good in it. in fact they were thinking evander's got like a weird heart thing going on that it's concerned for his health he goes to some healer on tv or something and says i've been fixed and okay so he and mike are going to get together for the first time and i was sitting not quite ringside but maybe six or seven rows back i had a buddy that worked for uh, don king at the time and hooked mm. me up and gave me really good seats um 
And I remember the fight starting and seeing Mike up close, like the first time I'd seen one of his fights really up close. And Mike comes in, he's terrifying, and he's all sweated up, and he's ready to go. And Mike did what he does, ding, ding, ding. And here comes Mike flying across the ring in Evander Holyfield, and whap, 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 just like a six, seven punch combination. And that's usually where Mike's opponents are running for the corner. There's also the intimidation, the Absolutely. kind of bulldog coming right and at me. Yep. It's just this this flurry of activity, mm -hmm. and you don't know where to go. You don't know where to and, – and more often than not, the opponent was disoriented. Sure. They'd be on the ground. They'd yep. be like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? And you could tell that the fight was kind of over there. So Mike does that. Mike runs over there, bam, 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 bam. And Evander kind of wipes his face like, okay, let's go. And you could almost feel it with Mike, like, ah, damn. I'm in for I a have real to, fight. I have to fight this I'm guy now? I'm in for now. a real fight. I have to. This guy's not scared of me? Hmm. This guy's not just going to run for the nearest corner? That's Evander Holyfield. I've got to fight mm -hmm. this guy? Mm -hmm. And you could see Evander with no fear, no, no, nothing other than I'm getting ready to kick your ass. Mm -hmm. And he did. And he just put it on him all night long. And you kept thinking, Mike's going to catch him. Mike's going to catch him. Mike's going to throw that punch. Mike's going to have that moment where he takes him out, and it never, it's a cliche. ever happens. It's a cliche. You, you punch took the bully their in the mouth. No, you took their best shot, right? Like there's there's this Tyson comes out, and um, I, I always remember, there, you know, Mike Tyson has a lot of different – he does that uh, podcast he does mm -hmm. now, Hotbox, and I think mm -hmm. it's called Mike Tyson. So you actually get to really, really listen to this guy so much deeper. Anytime you had these podcasts, it's two hours uninterrupted, yep. one hour, whatever the case is. And I remember one time he was uh, – this was on a different podcast, but he was talking about Muhammad Ali. And he was – anytime Ali comes up, it's like the conversation completely changes. And he says Ali was willing to do things in the ring that I wasn't willing to do. Ali would – didn't matter. I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. Like, I will put my life at risk. Yes. It, I, it's do or die for me, literally in that sense. And when Tyson kind of gives that example, he said that I, that wasn't me. I wasn't going to do that. And I just, you bring that up with Evander Holyfield. Holyfield took his best shot right out the gate and just stood there and looked this man right between the eyes and said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not scared. I'm not these other fighters. And I think that's when you bring that up in the way you kind of described it and explained it, that's, you know, th these are athletes. These are people. This is, there's certain people that have that go ahead and do what you do. But I just want you to know when the dust settles, I'm getting right back up and you're going to have to f figure out a different way to take me down. And there were a lot of things leading up to Mike where you knew, it, look, the, the, Mike Tyson's story arc is not unique, right? From nowhere, makes a ton of money, becomes rich and famous, becomes the heavyweight champion of the world disaster right this is and then redemption and and mike's in the redemption part of his life now and that's great but this was kind of the beginning of the end of mike's boxing because mm -hmm. after evander beat he literally just picked him apart he there was no oh i think mike went no 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 there wasn't a person that walked out of the mgm grand garden arena that night thinking that anything other than evander holyfield destroyed mike tyson mm -hmm. And from that point forward, Mike was never really the same again. We know the bite. We know the Franz Botha where Mike tried to, like, break his arm at one point. We saw him go up against Lennox Lewis, and he just was completely not the same guy. That was the beginning of the end of Mike as, at least publicly, where you knew that somebody could give it to him. Boxing people said, like, he's not the same guy. Head movement wasn't all of those things. But publicly, when Evander just absolutely put it on him, it was extraordinary. We had this conversation – I don't know if we're still doing evenings, but Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson came up. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember going back. I watched the whole fight. You got me so into that conversation of, you know, because listen, it was X amount of years ago. The details that you have, the details you have on this on this Holyfield Tyson fight. I'm gonna go back and watch this fight. It's when the way you um, explain it makes you want to go back and kind of relive that moment. And you, it's it's you should, but it's hard to kind of recreate what you thought of Mike in the moment. You hadn't seen Mike fall as a fighter yet mike was still you you, i go back i I don't know why i remember this but i do the usa today this is back when newspapers were still the way that we would get a lot of this stuff it's going back to that by the way internet 100 percent is they would have a chart in the in in the sports section of all the famous sports writers of the country who they were going to pick to win the fight it was unanimous mike tyson with one exception Ron Borges from the Boston Globe said Evander Holyfield's going to win this fight. <laughs> really? And and he said, and here's why. Uh-huh. It's like he had a crystal ball. He exactly what happened, happened. he said was mm-hmm. what was going to happen. And so it's it's hard to kind of go back to this because Mike was terrifying. He was icing everybody. And guys were feeling like I I'm just lucky to get out of here alive, much less beat him. And then the rest is so history. So you go on, you know, YouTube, and it will be Tyson uh, knocking out people left. It's like a seven-minute clip. It yeah. just be Mike Tyson knockouts. Whatever the case is, this one I find much more fascinating. That that moment where Mike Tyson uh, found somebody that wasn't worried about Mike Tyson. That's it's, fascinating. I've been spoiled to a degree that's embarrassing, quite frankly. Now I've you seen, mentioned uh, from seen the boxing a perspective, a million yeah. different great events: World Series, Super Bowls, Rose Bowls. I mean. It, it, Final Fours, all of it. I've been very, very lucky. That fight with Mike Tyson and Aaron Holder is the second most exciting. The best thing I've ever seen with my own two eyes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Was the Rose Bowl with Vince Young against USC. I like. I couldn't believe what I was looking at as it was happening. He's going for the corner. He's got it. I still just remember it vividly. That fight between Tyson and Holyfield. Very, very close. Like nothing I've ever seen other than that it's one. Great story. Game. We'll it, put- was, it was awesome. I can't believe, by the way, 1996, I wasn't in eighth grade. Let's just put it that I was a working stiff in 1996. I was flying back and forth from <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> you had, wait, how much did you have on that fight? You had a couple of dimes? 60K. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you had it on Evander. The dump is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So we got another good one last night. We had another primetime game, another Monday Night Football game that was really exciting. Did we? Down to the light. Yeah, it was a great game. Oh, that's right. You were working. I, no I always idea. forget about that. I always forget that you have Laker games on 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> so it was a good game, but it didn't really... Well, it was it was a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the Bears looked like you know what for most of the night. Then they got going in the fourth quarter. They scored a touchdown to take the lead. The Bears go back, or I should say, the Steelers go back and kick a field goal to win the game. It, it was exciting. It was a good game, but no one's really talking about that. They're talking about the taunting penalty on Cassius Marsh, and then Tony Kareni, who not only threw a penalty that should have never been thrown, but then kind of hip checked Marsh as he was headed off the field. Let me say that again: the referee yep. hip checked the defensive player as he was walking off the field it was a really weird so he scene. threw the flag after that 
He was in the process of throwing it as he kind of hip-checked him. Right, so he, he was, was probably going to throw the flag before he hip-checked him, so yeah. it kind of looks like it's connected, but he, it probably isn't. He, he was getting ready to throw the taunting flag. He's like, he's already reaching into his belt before the contact has even happened. But as he's getting ready to go, Marsh is kind of going behind Tony yep. Kareni, yep. and Kareni like kind of sticks his butt out to get in his way. It was a, it was a really weird flex by a okay. referee. Let, let me give just a little context on this. So yesterday, Laker game's going on. I'm watching the Charlotte Hornets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Twitter is open. Whether I'm tweeting something or I'm reading, just kind of scrolling through. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's all these tweets start coming in. It's talking about the game. Can you believe that was a penalty? How is that taunting? Why are they still calling this? I, I, I want to just emphasize this. The NBA had some rule changes this year. And to be honest with you, it's probably 90%, maybe even higher, of people that say, this is good for the NBA. We, as consumers, as fans, this is what we want in the sport that we're watching. Stop calling these BS fouls with people trying to uh, non-basketball plays, as they call it. What am I missing on the taunting thing? If you're the NFL or the NBA or you're any of these leagues – if you just watch on Twitter how people react to certain things, you can better your product. People don't care about the taunting. They don't. They're I don't okay. Think so. By the way, taunting is one thing if you're looking down on somebody and you're pointing in his finger and you're doing something. There's different types of taunting. Sure. A dude sacking the you know quarterback and doing a celebration that it he's was done a for a number of that years. It was going to come to an end because they were going to get the ball back with a chance to win the game. Yeah. It's a big moment. Why is game. that bad for the game? It's not. Explain to me why that's bad for the game. It's Explain not. to me why 95% on people last night on Twitter, on Twitter were BSing or, or were complaining that that's a BS call. And the NFL, just pay attention to that. Your, your fans are telling you they like this part of the game. If somebody goes to a restaurant and, and there's a, a portion of that menu that they keep ordering, what are you going to do? Take that off the table? Like, don't take it off. <laughs> no, you're you're right. And look, it was a terrible call. The taunting that was flagged was minor at best. What are we it, it was doing? it was Just... nothing. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't. That look, I, it's one of those things where you know it when you see it. That wasn't it. There there are those moments where okay, dude, stop, get Fine. out of here. Yeah, but, and we all know it. We know the difference. This was maybe by the letter of the law a violation, but you know you could arrest somebody for jaywalking. I guess if you want, nobody wants that to happen. That that's part A of this. The second part of this, why is a referee getting in the way of a player like that? It, th flip flip it, flip it. Let's say Tony Kareni is trying to get back into position for the next play. Yeah. And Cassius Marsh goes out of his way to hit him with yeah. his hip. You're suspended. He's you're, you're suspended. Kicked out of that he's game. fined. And you're suspended. There's other things. That and come he's with labeled it. as the guy who touched a referee. Yep. Right. You. One of those rules we all yeah, agree to. What the hell to is the ref doing? You can't touch the referee for good, very good reason. Right. The motions are. You can't can't touch the referee. I get it. We all agreed to this. Referee can't touch the player unless he's trying to break up a fight and get two guys out of the way. You don't get to touch players, and you sure as hell don't get to throw a hip into a player. If there's not some sort of discipline for that guy, what the hell is the NFL doing? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm just going to go back to this. You can improve your product so much better if you just listen to your fans and your audience. This is what they want. This is what they don't want. NBA fans did want the, did not want those BS calls with James Harden and Trey Young and some of these players. They took it away, and I think it's been a benefit to the NBA. NFL, pay attention to what your fans are telling you. Give the NFL a little bit of credit. They're pretty good at that. If they got something wrong, they usually go back and fix yeah, it. Yeah, but they the went backwards year. on this yeah, content they did. thing. Yeah, they did. Got it wrong, but hopefully they'll they'll swing it back the other way. Let's go to the dump. I mean, I'll get in a fight right now if I have to. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I think that would be pretty funny to watch. Oh, haymakers. Today, 
is okay. the final opening day of Mike Krzyzewski's college right. coaching career. Right. College basketball season starts tonight. Coach K uh, is opening up against Kentucky, and he is 44-2 in season openers. That's uh, that's pretty good, 44-2. First of all, he's been a head coach for 46 years. That's, uh, that's a pretty good run. Where is uh, Duke ranked coming into the season? I'm trying to – No, they're Duke. Okay, Four, so Gonzaga's five, first. They're, they're ranked at nine. Kentucky, UCLA is second. Um, okay, so UCLA obviously – in the mix here. Just one more quick school. I'm going to take a quick look at mm -hmm. here. The, the Aztecs? Damn it. Not in the top 25? Where are the Gauchos? Six? <laughs> Gauchos right now are 387th. Gauchos went to the tournament last year. Jacory McLaughlin was yep. tearing it 100%. up for the Gauchos. 387th. But he's, uh, he's not gone. He's in the uh, the D League right now. College basketball, the tournament, G League. I, yeah, the Gatorade G bought League. it. Gatorade, right. I understand. I, you changed Gator, the damn Gatorade name. Gatorade bought it. They get to call it the G League. I understand. Diet Coke it didn't buy it. It's not the D League. <laughs> I like. Um, this is great. Cool opening night. Duke, Kentucky, really sexy. Couple of matchups. The yeah. marquee schools. Let me know when it's the uh, third week of March, and I'm Couldn't all in. More. By the way. <laughs> third week of March. I, I don't even want to see the conference tournament. <laughs> no, I don't, don't even want to see that. No. They don't matter. I don't even want to see the round of 64. <laughs> Get me down to the Sweet 16. Send me a text message and I'll tune in. We mentioned this uh, at the top of the show. Nikola Jokic, bad look for him yesterday yeah. when yeah. he threw a shoulder into Markeith Morris. There yep. was, you know, there was a little contact underneath the basket. He didn't get a call. Uh, the Heat didn't get a call. And Bam Adebayo and, and Jokic kind of get tangled up. No whistle. Jokic is going up the floor. Morris kind of gives him a little bit of a foul, a, a quasi-hard foul, but a, a foul. It was harder no foul than just than usual. Yes. Okay. And Jokic didn't like it, and as Morris was running down the court, he threw a shoulder in him from behind. Bad look. It was a really bad look. Awful, awful look. Um, Marcus Morris yesterday tweeted out, wait till bro turned his back, shaking my head. Noted. That's uh, obviously Marquis' uh, brother. And then as the day progressed – we saw some of the tweets from the Jokic brothers, yes. which is a now at Jokic brothers, <laughs> FYI. I don't anyone could have created that. Um, Marcus Morris did put out a tweet within the last hour. Mama said, "Don't talk on social media no more." Well, there you have it. I love you, Mama. So he's done. Talking good, on good Twitter. for Mother yeah. Morris for in, in interjecting there and taking care of that. Um, look, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want Markeith to get knocked to the ground like that. And I couldn't agree more that it's a terrible look for uh, the Joker but I do like that the Jokic brothers are part of my life now. That's kind of fun. You ever, like, seen, the, you ever seen those dudes? They look like they mean business. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not – just so we're clear, we're cool, Jokic brothers. I'm not mad at you. By we're, the way. We're good. By the way, and then, you know, all this, and this is the conversation, and it's Miami Heat coming to Staples Center tomorrow. Ho so this will be the Jimmy first Butler game they play. as mad as he looked last night. And Miami's a good team, and, and they got a lot of players that I don't think you want to get into that little uh, street fight, nope. street brawl That's with. the wrong team. Yeah. That's the wrong team to pick. Yeah. How do they get the pod? Uh, ESPN app or on iTunes. Search uh, Travis and Sliwa, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Full three hours. You can get it on the podcast. All right, we'll talk about that Laker game tomorrow. Of course, the, the Heat and the Lakers, and Lakers looking to make it two and in a row it'd be a nice little two-game winning streak yes yeah. is, is it two in a row it's three for a streak right two in a row three for a streak it's Travis Lee 710 ESPN Mason and Ireland coming up next don't miss it